I'm a big fan of science fiction, right? And, and I always have been. And science fiction has, is not about the future. Right? It's about the now through a different lens. And, and I get very frustrated with a lot of dystopian stories. You know, the stories that are about, well, it's miserable, it's the end times, it's going to be this. Um, so when I look at the world, I, 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 you see a lot of problems, you see a lot of harshness, you see a lot of disunion and, and disorder and distress. And, and I've thought often about the fact we don't have community places to have real exchanges. And I've inserted myself into those, into those conversations, you know, where I don't agree with what they're saying. But I try to find ways sometimes to, to sort of say, uh, hey, I hear what you're saying, but let's actually have a dialogue about that. Let's, let's find some commonality. And so far, I've walked away generally unscathed. You know, there's, there's usually resistance. What are you doing? Why are you bothering me? But if you approach it the right way, you actually find maybe not agreement at the end of it or you haven't swayed somebody else over, but you've actually found a place to have a conversation. And maybe you're nodding your head a little bit about what they're saying and maybe they're actually nodding in return, which we don't get otherwise. We've lost so many of these moments and replaced them with memes and, and news feeds. Um, and mistakenly think that those actually activate that commonality. At first impression of his resume, it could be assumed he's a man driven by a list of temporal accomplishments. Yet as he shares of who he is, and as we intake the chapters of his introduction, it's easy to see the humility that resides within him. With the mind of a what's-to-come thinker, he not only ponders of the world in which we are now living, but imagines the world we are walking into. He recalls a simple moment. Years ago, when I when I worked more directly in in comic books, um, and uh, and I would get invited to stores, you know, signings and autograph sessions, these type of things. And I got invited to this one in West Texas. I think it was West Texas. It was Texas, definitely somewhere. <laughs> Texas, big place. And uh, and you know, I was all full of myself, and I went to this store, and nobody showed up. Nobody. Like, nobody cared that I was there. So I sat there, you know, for hours, stacks of whatever I was supposed to sign. Except for this one kid showed up. And he's young, and he had a couple of stories and maybe some illustrations he had done, and I had nothing else to do. So I just talked to the kid most of the day. Gave him pointers, joked with him, this, that, and the other thing. Didn't think twice about it. And I had a driver that day, because it was so far away in West Texas. And the driver was sitting there that whole time. And we got back in the car at the end of the day and the driver turned to me and, and I wasn't thinking about any of this. And he said, that kid will never forget this day for the rest of his life. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, he, and the, you know, he was making the point, the fact I had given that kid attention and encouraged his doing, but I hadn't intended it. You know, it wasn't like I was leaning into it, but sometimes it's those... Uh, you know, those things that maybe are just small gestures that you don't even think about, but they they can make a, a hopefully they do make an impact and they add up over time as opposed to, well, I'm going to do this big thing and this big program and this big whatever. Baby steps and commonality, he suggests, speaks of how small or large the wakes of even our smallest gestures can radiate 
asks us to not get so caught up in our own accomplishments and disappointments that we don't take time to truly see those around us. Perhaps he is gently challenging us, giving us reason to look over the walls of a plausible dystopian future. And as he does, he releases each of us to sincerely consider the links that bind us. I think that there is an inherent need for connection and you owe it to yourself to discover that. And if you can do that on your own through introspection or finding a philosophy, finding a faith, some type of therapy, if that's what's necessary, crack the code on yourself at no matter what point or stage you are in your life. Well, I'm 50, whatever, I'm, I'm past the point of doing that. Or I'm 20, I'll still figure it out on my own. Take the time to figure it out. You owe it to yourself and it's okay to be selfish in that way. Being separate, is not worth it. Yes, he has achieved a degree of success. Yet when he speaks of his priorities, he mentions no quest for wealth. Even admits his work is secondary to what he feels most important. Simply, his role as a loving father, as a caring husband, as a good friend, and as a contributing citizen to this world in which we share. So it is, as we take a pause to absorb the voice of today's stranger now friend, Dan, might we open our hearts, minds, and actions past any barriers that just might be of our own making? Back to Dan. I would say ask the person next to you what matters to them most. Because when you understand that about somebody else, you see yourself more clearly, and then you, you understand them better. And I think if we understand that, and the answer is honest, if we listen, we truly listen, we go beyond. We go beyond, I can't understand that. You know, there are all these factors, these burdens that we carry, and it's hard to think about the other and not just be within yourself. And I think every one of us can find something relatable, and that's what we should aspire to. 